Alrighty, everyone, welcome back. This is Tavis Killian with Rare Petro, bringing you a fresh new episode of Monday Madness straight to your ears on June 28th, 2021. This, of course, is the last episode of Monday Madness for the month of June, and next week's episode will be a day late as we will be observing the 4th of July. I personally will be flying my little sister in for her 21st birthday, but I hope you have some fun plans as well. Get out in the sun with some people you like and really enjoy that time off. But I know you didn't come here to listen to me tease you about upcoming holidays, vacations, and time off. You came here to hear all about the hottest news and statistics in oil and gas, so let's get into it. First, of course, WTI pricing. If you haven't checked in a couple of weeks, one, you likely live under a rock, and two, you need to check ASAP. The price broke $70 on the 8th of June and shows no signs of stopping. This past week, it spent a lot of time at the $73 territory while briefly poking through $74 early Wednesday before falling back into line. However, Friday pushed the price back up to $74 where it pretty much remained through the weekend before an early morning fall back down to $73 by about 8 a.m. Mountain Time this Monday. So, couple of things going on here. First, the price has spent a full month moving up, well, even before that. That's not to say there were no dips here and there, but the trend line is very clearly positive. On May 31st, the price was $66.32. That's about a $1.50 increase every week for the past four weeks. Some will say this price movement is completely unsustainable, which brings me to the second point. We spent the past year seeing lots of resistance at certain benchmarks. Remember, $40.00. 50, 60, 65, 70, all of these exhibited a decent amount of resistance, some for a couple weeks at a time. In the past week, we went from a brief peak at $74 and immediate resistance to see sustained $74 pricing through Friday afternoon and Sunday evening. That is an incredibly short time frame to see such a violent pushdown and eventual, well, seeming stasis. One thing to consider is that Friday and Sunday are usually outliers, but even so, I'm excited for this week. As I record this, the price is back down to about $73 flat, but I would not be at all surprised if we hit $74 quickly and began testing resistance at $75. Then again, headlines seem to be gripped by this new Delta Plus COVID variant, so we will see if any serious travel bans occur or if trading slumps again, adding downward pressure to the price. Next, the rig count. We are fast approaching 50% completion of the year 2021, and the rig count has been nothing but good this year. Well, outside of two or three weeks, we lost a single rig. Other than that, we've seen nothing but massive gains. This report reveals no change from last week. That's right. Last week, we had 470 rigs in the United States, and this week, we have 470 rigs. Even so, we remain up 250 rigs on the year, which is a major improvement. Not a whole lot of significant change on a basin-by-basin level with a rig gained here and lost there, but the state-level analysis shows that California lost one rig, bringing their total from 7 to 6, and Alaska gained one rig, bringing their total from 3 to 4. I wish I had more to say, but this apparently was a rather dull week for the rig count. The majority of the wells being drilled are oil wells and horizontal. Even though they may be the majority, horizontal rig activity fell 4 to 421, while vertical fell 1 to 19, and directional increased by 5 to 30. While they still occupy a minority, that is a 20% increase in directional drilling, which is rather significant. Other than that, a really dry report, but hey, no change is better than negative change. 
Last statistic to touch on is inventories. If you haven't already followed Rare Petro on LinkedIn, you definitely missed Thirsty Thursday, our weekly inventory report, but that is okay. You can still catch this week's by following us on LinkedIn, of course, or simply checking our website on Thursday afternoon. As for the numbers, the API predicted a hefty 3.6 million barrel drawdown, but we actually saw about double that at 7.2 million barrels. The EIA came in expecting a slightly larger drawdown at 3.9 million barrels, but they too smashed their estimate at an actual 7.6 million barrel drawdown. This leaves the streak alive at 8 straight weeks of drawdowns, despite some of the drawdowns being, well, minuscule. Still, if this trend continues, it might raise concerns about supply-demand fundamentals. OPEC Plus will be meeting in early July to renegotiate production cuts, and it is likely that they will add another 500,000 barrels of production per day. On the refined side of things, we see that after weeks and weeks of gasoline builds, we finally observe a draw, and a significant one at that. The EIA's latest report revealed a 3 million barrel drawdown, bringing that total from 243 to 240. While this is nice to observe, this is movement that is appropriate for right about now and leaves it slightly below the median of the five-year range, but within it nonetheless. Propane inventories continue to climb, but not as aggressively as we had initially anticipated, given the boundaries. It is now right up against the bottom of the five-year range, but has been self-correcting in the past. It is not unlikely that they will be back into the middle of the range in a week or two. Distillate inventories remain average, so nothing to write home about there. A slight build, yet easily within the wide five-year range on inventories. But that concludes the statistics. Considering where we came from, I'd say that was a very successful first half for 2021, and I think this second half might get just a little bit wild. To kick off our news stories, we head over to one of the United States' greatest customers and competitors, China. The China National Petroleum Corporation has unveiled a new discovery with up to 900 million tons of reserves. Again, that is almost a billion tons of oil that China feels is recoverable and economic. What makes that claim even more incredible is the fact that they had to use ultra-deep drilling techniques to punch through 8,470 meters of geology, or just shy of 28,000 feet for my fellow Imperial users out there. While it may sound impossible at first, it should be noted that ultra-deep drilling techniques have been experimented with for quite some time now. Russia and Exxon completed a well in 2017 off the coast of Russia that extended 49,000 feet into the ground, so it's not impossible that China has drilled to 28K. The well was a result of six years of exploration in the Tarim Basin, or the largest oil and gas deposit in China, which is home to an estimated 16 billion tons of oil. So far, the Chinese have produced about 2 million tons this year, which is already up from 1.52 tons in 2020, unsurprisingly. China produced 3.87 million barrels of oil per day last year, which was actually more than they produced in 2019. Still, their incredible demand for oil leaves them as large importers. So what is the significance of this story? Well, China has the tech to access billions and billions of barrels of oil at unreasonable depths, has a high demand for oil, and is not exactly fond of the U.S. when it comes to international affairs, much like their friend Russia. We've touched on this in the past, but even though China may not be the largest producer in the world, they may be attempting to position themselves as one of the big boys in oil and gas to encroach on a market that the United States feels it has a decent grasp on. Why deal with the sanctions and red tape of the United States when you can just start your own yuan-based petroleum contract with Russia and friends in the area? Again, there's no current evidence that this is going on, and it would be a slow process, 
but China is definitely flexing their muscles with this discovery and production. In the age of an energy transition, I, for one, am incredibly excited to see how our country navigates through its relationship with others who may have different climate goals. Our final story will take place down in Texas. For the second time this year, the electricity supply is threatened by the weather. In February, we saw the grid fail due to people's demand for energy in unusually cold temperatures. Now, summer progresses and things are heating up, leading to yet another high demand for electricity, or record peak demand, to be more exact. The Electric Reliability Council of Texas, or ERCOT as many know it by now, has been asking its residents to limit energy use from about 3 to 7 in the evening or during peak demand hours. They were able to limit the demand to 69,957 megawatts, which is a new June record, beating out the previous record that was set only a week ago. The all-time high was recorded back in August of 2019, when it topped out at 74,820 megawatts. This August, however, expects a peak of about 77,144 megawatts, and ERCOT expects to deliver. Much like everyone else down there, I am increasingly skeptical about whether or not they can deliver that amount of power. If they do, it will likely be a success thanks to fossil fuels supplementing peak loads throughout the state, but the poor grid may leave more and more people vulnerable. Remember that rolling blackouts issue in California last year? Could happen again if Texas's grid is not up to snuff. I see major distribution changes in the future. I just hope it's not a result of a catastrophic failure to deliver power. How do you feel about Texas's grid? Is their independence something that should be emulated? Are they shooting themselves in the foot? Or is it the future of energy distribution? Please email me at podcast.rarepetro.com to share your thoughts. We'd love to feature them in an episode, maybe next week's Monday Madness, and you just may be entered into a little giveaway for some Rare Petro swag. Sounds like a win-win situation, no? Again, that's podcast at rarepetro.com. But that is all we've got for this episode. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast so that we may continue to deliver the hottest oil and gas news, statistics, and research. We do this for you. So again, don't be afraid to reach out on LinkedIn or anywhere else to say hello and provide some feedback. This has been Tavis Killian with Rare Petro. And until we see you next time, happy 4th of July and take care, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>